Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It was honestly, it was honestly so crazy. So pretty much. Bone sticking out, right? Did you feel it? Yeah. Did you feel it? Or was it like the adrenaline was, more like... No, uh, initially it's a shock. You know, it's like adrenaline, whatever. But I think everyone was in such a panic because we we're already trying to get out. We had to still hike a bunch. How far were you from camp? I We have no idea. I'm guessing it was like 30 minutes. Damn! Oh, yeah. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the oh, fuck. I left my drink. <laughs> <laughs> to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, every Sunday is at 12 p.m. Everybody and their mom has a podcast, but nothing like this. We have a reoccurring guest here. We have Sergio ben- Betancourt. 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 Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Thank if you, you guys for don't having know who me. he is, he is my barber. The man cuts my hair, Please. met him through um, fuck. Maverick. Maverick, that's yeah. right. I can't believe I forgot his fucking name. <laughs> Apologies. Met him through this guy, Maverick. Shout and out. Ever since then, he's been cutting my hair. He cuts Tim's hair now, too. Yep. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. It's been good times, man. Update people on your life, man. Woo. So last time I was here, probably like over maybe a year ago, I've been your barber for two and a, almost three years. Holy shit, man. It's been that's a long time. Crazy. Bring that mic a little closer to you and then drop it down a little bit. Perfect. There you go. Yeah, no, three and a half, like almost three years since COVID, essentially, right? Yeah. And it's been it's been a crazy ride. You've been aware of it since we've talked, but since I've been on here, man, just 
Now I'm not going to be at the same place I've been cutting for. I told you about that. That's been a big one. And I think I didn't even have my girlfriend at the time either. That's so right. You didn't have a girlfriend yeah. either. This man settled down and shit. Yo, life 180. But who got that disease? One Gina, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a blessing, honestly. Like since since a year ago when I filmed this, or a little over a year ago, man, I've done a bunch of murals. I've still like progressed in in my art career. Um, and just like kind of had more clarity with what I've wanted to do. So I mean, you're, you're very interesting. Cause like, I know how old are you now? I'm 26. I'm right, so you're 20, 20, super young. Right. And I feel yeah. like a lot of younger people are very, uh, risk adverse. Right. Yeah. And I know it seems nowadays that people around your age, they seem like they're doing riskier things, but they're really not right. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like, they're on social media trying to hope and pray that they pop off on mm -hmm. the, in this like social media game. And more often than not, they fail at it because yeah. the success rate is actually very, very low. It's crazy. Right. It's really, really low for you to actually make a decent living off of this. And um, like just to warn young kids before you get into this, like this is a this is a job, right? So yeah. you you have to put in work, you have to put in the time. And I think a lot of the times, like they see other influencers who they'll post a Instagram video of them like in Belize or, you know, Spain, yeah. like living my best life. But then I know these people and I go, oh, but they also live in a studio with like three other people. So yep. they got this trip paid for that was free, but it was a fucking coach flight and it was free food, but they got to go back to their shitty existence back at home yep. because they didn't get paid off of these brand deals. So like, it's not like that for everybody, right? Yeah. And you know, they'll, they'll make a few hundred bucks here and there. And, but I think that's why you kind of see a lot of young people lose their mind really fucking early in the industry. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll snap super fucking fast. They say the same things. Just every time I meet them, they go, "Oh, I don't really have a lot of friends here." It's the first thing that they say, and they go, "LA people are fake." And I'm like, "Okay, there's a couple of things, right? Like, yeah, one and two are true, maybe <laughs> true, right? But number one, you came here to network, so you didn't come here to make friends, so." Yeah. People will step on you and use you because you were trying to do that to them. So they just did it to you first. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> you're coming in here. You're like, exactly. That's, LA's notorious for that. They it, it spits people out. It takes people, chews them up, spits them out. So that's yeah. like one thing um, I'm like very clear about is like I've seen it. I've talked to people, all of that, and it really does seem like really hard. And so I think that's why I really appreciate our conversations. And I'm able to like kind of like formulate ideas through you or like um or like pass them through you and see what you think. But yeah, but no. you take, you definitely take a lot, a lot of risks, right? Like, yeah. and I think, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which is a good thing, right? So, you know, for most people who are entrepreneurs, if you don't know, it's like, um, especially for us, cause we don't come from a lot of money. Yeah. There's other entrepreneurs who are serial entrepreneurs, but they, they have money. Mm -hmm. So for them, if they invest into a business or they, they switch gears, they have this huge, a pile of money or they have a family who could back them up after and then pick them up off exactly. their feet. Exactly. But for people like you and me, we have to just bank on ourselves. It's you know? Make it or break it. Literally, since the start of this, since you've known me, you met me at a, in a barbershop, right? I had just came into that shop about a month of work. New city, relocated 40 miles from a situation that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Then COVID hit, no work. And the first thing I do getting out of COVID is like, yeah, I want a big ass art studio <laughs> in Los Angeles, loft with a private barber area, private living space, whatever. And it wasn't smart. <laughs> Yo, financially, it was not smart. Financially, everyone was like, what? And I was just like, 
I don't know. I really feel it. I, I, I know I have what it takes in terms of my first skill, barbering. And I'm going to use barbering to make it in my next skill because you have to like fund your own projects if you don't want to be someone else's bitch, you know? So I was like, how would you say that you became successful as, as a barber, right? Because I feel like there's a lot of people who say that they, they want to cut or they can't cut hair, but you know, I've had a lot of shit barbers. Yeah. <laughs> you it, know? It's crazy, man, because I think I fell in love with barbering completely on accident and I really didn't see anything coming out of it more than making my money back. I, mm. I started in high school, senior year, second semester on um, my, one of my best friends, Brian. He let me, or he was actually trying to leave to go get a haircut when I drove my ass across town, no gas money, senior in high school, no job, none of that. I was like, you're gonna leave when I got here? Hell no, pull out the clippers, cut his hair. Um, I have clips of that even. And yeah, no, I, I, I secret, I messed them up, but secretly I was like, damn, that was sick. <laughs> I was like, whoa, and I was like, can I tell people? I don't think I can tell yeah. people that because at the time, like now barbering is kind of glorified because of social media. It isn't, it isn't that like people have to understand the, the, the grind that comes with barbering. Right. But yeah, basically started bought clippers, um, all the money I had as a senior bought clippers and just told my mom, and my dad, I was like, man, I just want to make my, my 100, 150 bucks back. That's all I wanted out of barbering. Besides that, I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. I dedicated hours and hours of watching YouTube videos without actually practicing. I know every step without even doing it, essentially, right? Yeah. So when I had my hand, when I was able to get my hands on someone and like chop them up, I quickly like just did it. And it was just like flowing, happening. And I, I've always been like someone who likes to like talk to people on not a superficial level. And so I think I opened the space up for people to like not only get a good haircut, but maybe talk about some shit or talk about nothing. Either or I think just having that aspect of customer service, being on time, being like very like on schedule. I'm just those things in barbering were missing when I came into it mm. and it allowed me to just like keep growing, whether it was in the dorm bathroom where I started, people were like, Oh, this guy's serious. He's here cutting while other people are walking with their towels, not giving a fuck. And yeah. I was just like, doing I that. think that's the biggest thing, right? And when, when anybody opens up a business, there's, there's, I think a lot of people think about the idea that they want to do first rather than executing the things that are really important that'll make a successful business, yeah. right? So for example, we have a, uh, I have that matcha store out in Hawaii. Yeah. And the first thing that we do is, it's not so much that we're vetting our competition, we just wanna see what we can offer that other people aren't offering. Yeah. Not from a product base, right? Because there's a lot of places that'll offer matcha, right? Um, it's And you know, from the idea point, we go, okay, this is, our, our business motto is that we want to give people high, high, the highest quality thing they can for, for the price, yep. right? So we make things very accessible because when I was a kid, if I wanted nice things, it was way out of my reach. I couldn't afford it, right? It yeah. just wasn't possible. So what a lot of people don't know is that, oh, we have this proprietary blend of matcha, but it's from a hundred plus year old farm. It's, it's stone ground, all this other stuff. We know the ins and outs of every, of every little ingredient that comes out, but you're not going to pay the price that you normally would at another place. Because if another place branded their stuff the way that we did, they would sell it for like 13 bucks so a much fucking more. cup. And we eat a lot of the costs. So, so people don't know that. 
Well, they don't now, but um, you, you went to that matcha farm yeah, and we went scouted to, it. Yeah, we went to the farm. We did everything. Like we, the R and D process was fucking hard. And then the, uh, the other step that we have to do is see what we can offer in terms of service, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the island is very chill, right? And sometimes you can get kind of sucked up, sucked into that. So for us, one of the biggest things that we always want to do is offer great customer service. Yep. And then on top of that, offer your drinks as fast as we can at the same quality level. So just because the island is super chill, it doesn't mean that our service is going to be like that. Yep. You know, so I think that's the part where people mess up. Like my barber before you, this motherfucker sometimes would never hit me back up on text. And he's like, that's the only way he gets clients. But for him, I felt like he got really comfortable because he has a set amount of clientele and he'll respond back whenever he wants. But it's like, or I could just not give you business. Literally. <laughs> that, that's another thing. Barbers are so big on, oh, you're cheating on me. Oh, you went, you have to understand it's a mutual like agreement. I'm cutting your hair. They're paying me. Like it's, yeah, it's not a favor. You're not, not doing a me a fucking favor. It's not a favor. <laughs> yeah. Guys, the thing, barber, young barbers right now, mm-hmm. that's a mentality. It's not a favor. Another thing is don't just jump in and expect to get paid like X amount of dollars for whatever. Like you have to earn your time or earn your, your place, you know? It's crazy. That that thing happens in barbershops a lot. No shows. Like just, oh, bro, you showed up. Like I have one person still. I'll get you in like 45 minutes, an hour. Dude, that happened to me so many times. And it's, I think that's also like for people out there who are going to open up your business. Like when you have management in place at a store, they set the culture of the spot. And then I could see by the people who's running the barbershop, how much they don't fucking care. Like I've literally seen people come in and they stand and it's like, they didn't have an appointment, right? But they're checking out a barbershop and they want to see, you know, what the prices are or whatever. And I'll see a customer stand there for 30 minutes and they won't address them at all. And then all of a sudden they go, hey, what's up, man? What do you mean? I hate that. It's, like, it's been I half an that. hour. I know? hate that. I, I've seen it before. I actually was taught from um, a very like, bi- like business oriented barber um, in terms of, or my mentor, the first person who believed in me took me in a shop when I was just like 19 years old. His name's Joe C. The Barber on Instagram as well. He put that in very, very, made that very clear. Customer, customer service, customer service. We were quick. We like had a um, crazy like client turnaround. Very like um, the price was affordable, all that stuff. He, He made it so people were aware, like if there's a kid in the shop, don't say things that are like offensive to the mom or whatever. Like so many things that I just picked up from him. And I actually went to his second shop and what you said, culture, I thrived in that barbershop because I got to start from scratch mm. and that barbershop boomed in like a matter of months. The, it was in San Dimas. It was like, it was, it was insane to see what proper culture does for a place. I think a lot of people get comfortable and they feel like after a certain amount of time that they could just kind of let go of the reins and then just say or do whatever they want. But at the same time, like if you are a business owner out there, right? And like I kind of tell this to our employees, it's like when we have a drink store, we're not selling a drink. And I always tell them, and people usually always answer this wrong. They go, what do we sell here? They go, oh, we, you sell, we sell um, high quality matcha drinks uh, that are accessible. True, but wrong. We actually sell customer service. People come here because they want to feel special, right? 
I'm not going to go to a store, spend my hard on money, especially in this economy and not be treated with respect. Yep. Right. And I know that it, in, in America, it's a little extreme, but either way, I, I do expect people who work at stores to treat people with kindness and respect yep. because they're coming here to spend money. And even in a barbershop type of relationship, it's like, like you said, you're not doing me a favor. Like nope. I'm paying you money. Like yeah, exactly. I, this is a transaction. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a problem because it feels so friendly. Yeah, and it's and it, of course there is relationship, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it is business. Yeah, it's business like any other place. And I think me taking it like that, treating it like a business, is what grew me. Yeah. I traded it seriously. I, I think that's what I appreciate too. Is like if I texted you or if if you have a system set up. I know that I can get my haircut done on this day without a doubt. And sometimes like if a haircut goes over, you always text me immediately. It's like, hey, it's gonna be like 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. I'm like, cool, that's all. That's I just have to know it. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's so simple. Like another, for anyone that might be seeing that's a barber, knowing your times. If you know you're about to take this much extra time, let your client know because 10 minutes doesn't matter that much. But if you let them know, it matters even less. Yeah. They'll be prepared, they'll go, to get get a drink or go or leave their house ten minutes later. It's those get little gas, things. Do little, little things, man. It's it's valuing each other's time. Like imagine if a client shows up late, it, that pisses barbers off. Mm -hmm. How could they be so hypocritical um, to not get upset when they're like pushing their client's time back? You know, dude, a hundred percent. And that's where this goes back to those small things that yep. kind of make you successful as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's it's everything that everybody just glosses over. They go, oh, I have a great product. So does everybody oh, fucking yep. else, dude. It's like, yeah. if you don't have the basics done, like for example, no great company culture, right? Yep. You're not training staff properly. Um, customer service is trash. All that stuff doesn't matter. I know restaurants who arguably, not even arguably, factually have terrible fucking food, right? <laughs> but they do well. You know why? Because the customer service <laughs> yeah. is a shit. Yo. And I still go back Yo. because I want to go back and be served, you know, with that one waitress that was so super <laughs> so nice. So dumb, yeah. You know? I've, I've experienced that exact thing. My favorite waiter ever was at a TGF Fridays. <laughs> This guy, was, his name's Logan. Uh, he had a, a lizard mohawk shaved hilarious. into his head. The best server I've ever had in my life. I gave him like triple the price of the check. Yeah. I was just like, how'd you do this? How'd yeah. you get this out of me? <laughs> and you I don't have you. titties and you didn't touch me. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did you do this, dude? Yeah, touch but my heart. even too, when you're a, a, a waiter or like uh, when you're a waiter or a waitress, like ask the best waiters and the best waiters how how important customer service is and it's how everything. big their fucking uh, tips are compared to everybody else. It's right? insane, yeah. Because if the tips was something for you that you felt that is deserved to you just because you worked, you're you're, you're never gonna do you're well. Never. I know. Fuck, so for example, I know a guy who owns a French restaurant, right? Really popular okay. French restaurant. And I mean, I don't really know. I I met him a couple of times through friends, right? But when we were sitting down drinking and uh, drinking and chopping it up, he pointed at a, a waiter and he was like, "How much do you think he makes?" And he was like his head waiter. I was like, mm, I don't like, I don't know. Cause I never served tables. Yeah. And he's like, just guess. I was like, oh, maybe like, maybe like four grand a month or something like that. He goes, he makes more money than I do. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I own this restaurant. He makes more money than I do. That is I was like, epic. how? I was like, it's his tips. He's like, he's my best fucking server. So whenever he comes, he goes, we're also in a very, very highfalutin area. So people tip big. There's a lot of actors and actresses. Yep. Whenever they ask for a table, they ask if he's working. That fool makes ridiculous amounts of money. And he was probably, I want to say, I mean, he was bald and he had white hair. So I'm assuming, but he looked kind of young in the face. So I'm assuming he's probably like in his late fifties at the time. Yeah. But 
you know, if people are wondering, he's like, well, how come he didn't get another job if he's you a waiter? He's like, why would he need one? He makes more than the fucking owner. Literally. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he so makes more crazy. money in tips on a weekend than I will than, than running this restaurant, which is fucking nuts. That is me. nuts. Yeah, no, it, it really, customer service in terms of business is everything. Yeah. Everything. And he does that based on fucking tips. Like he, <laughs> there was a, because imagine if you're at a very, um, an, a restaurant with a lot of, was every dish is like fucking 40 or 50 bucks, right? It'll stack. Your fucking bill is like a thousand dollars. You know, people tip 20%, that's 200 bucks. And sometimes people tip anymore if they're celebrities. If, and especially if they just like the service. Exactly. So if he's out here on Melrose at this super, super fancy restaurant, he was telling me, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was like a, a weekend, he'll sometimes make like three grand. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> so on like, the weekend, on a fucking weekend, you can have a regular job. He is, he can have he a regular is, job, exactly. And then you know he'll work like two. I think they say he'll work like three weeks out of the out of the month, and a week he'll take off. But he's killing it. Damn. Man. But that's what I'm saying. Like these small things really do matter, man. Yep. And like when, when when you when anybody out there who's very interested in opening a business, just think about what you want to offer. And if it's not great customer service, you're going to be fucked. Specifically in this country, he's going to be. T- Oh, we yeah. got Karens in this world. No, literally, <laughs> literally, man. And it's 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 a custom here for tipping, you know? Like mm-hmm. so it just shows what service means to this country. You know, and I know I seem like I'm I'm very harsh and brazen, but when it comes to these stores, like I never argue with customers. I don't do any of that type of stuff because some people are just out there to fuck you up. So for example, when we opened up the store in Hawaii, and there was a whole bunch of trouble with that. And my buddy Joe kind of cataloged everything in his own vlogs. There was a day that we had to do a family and friends event. And so when you don't have all the, all your paperwork and ready, the only thing you can do is serve it to family and friends. You can't charge anything. You can't make any money. It's illegal. Oh, okay. So we told our train our trainees to like, hey, bring your family and friends and we're going to have you guys do a, a mock run. And this is the time for you to make mistakes, but have a good time while you do it. Well, there was this guy that comes up. And of course, he is of the Wahite clan, white people. <laughs> he comes up. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm friends and family. Uh, can I get, you know, a few drinks? And then we have a list of people. I was like, oh, so who are you uh, related to or who's your friend? He goes, one of the workers. I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. And like, I didn't have to deal with this, but I'm hearing it from a distance, right? And my friend's yeah. part, my, 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 my buddy Joe, his wife is dealing with this. She goes, oh, who are you here with? And he goes, well, I can't fucking get a drink. And he just snaps at her. And when he's lying to steal from us and he's getting mad at us. But at that point too, once again, we're in a business of customer service. What am I going to do? Walk up to him and be like, listen, back the fuck up before I knock your teeth out. Which is what I wanted to say. You wanted to, yeah, of course. No, they're just like, sorry, we can't. We legally can't give you any drinks or we'll get in trouble. He goes, well, fuck it then. And he just walks off. It's like, bro, what are we going to do here? And- the, the, the great thing about it is because I have worked in customer service, I sold suits or whatever, we always tell every employee, listen, it is not your job to defend my business. It is your job to walk away like you did a great job and to give good customer service. Yep. If I have to lose some money on drinks, I never, ever want you to be stressed out over a customer. I don't want you to be here miserable because you had to somehow get 32 cents or a, you know, a seven six, or $6 drink off of this guy. Like I'll eat the cost. I don't want you to be upset as an employee because what's the point? That is so big for for employers too, because that's something they lack in the industry. A lot of employers will put that weight on the employee and you'll see the reaction of the employee. Your employees, now they know and they're clear about it. They're just going to be nice. Sorry, it is what it is. Yeah, because you'll run into a few assholes every now and then, right? And I I do believe most people are really kind, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And occasionally we'll get, you know, 
some asshole person that walks in and they just want to stir shit up. And this is what they normally do at every business just to get free things. Well, guess what? I don't want you to argue with them. If it becomes an issue, then we'll then we'll deal with it. Yep. But at the end of the day, I, I just, I think when we've worked these jobs before, I think one of the things I hated the most is taking my stress home with me. Oh, it's horrible. It's terrible, it's dude. Horrible. It fucks up. It fucks up your personal relationships. It fucks up how you, you might treat your girlfriend. Your girl, or, yes. You know? That's one thing I, I'm like very clear about because I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand in friends, family, whatever. And it's that that's one thing I keep at my core as well. Is just like I've told my girlfriend, like, it's really key to like leave it at the door. Walk in and it's like you feel good. Mm-hmm. You like have this new like found energy when you walk in at home if you have that mentality. Yeah. Did you ever did you ever fix your ankle? <laughs> I mean, it's not fixed but uh, they, i had a surgery on it and no it's not it's not fully mobile what's your, what's your mobility on your ankle check right it so this is that's like where i used to be able to do it mm-hmm. and twist oh shit yeah bro dude it why do you think i can't trade flip no more oh my god like <laughs> I, I can't kick flip I no more. my ankles were bad dude no like i used to have crazy mobility when i used to skate I used to be able to flick it like double flip, triple flip, and that's fucking crazy. So, dude, this one has a crazy story <laughs> that he told. This one was just casually like cutting my hair again, casually, and a just story. casually, just kept cutting my hair, and I'm sitting here like, "What the fuck did you just say happened to you?" So he has limited mobility on one of his ankles because he just tore it to fucking shreds yep. uh, on a hike. Right? Was it in what was it in Joshua Tree? Yeah. So it was October. 2019 Joshua Tree. It's regular camping with friends, right? Um, and, and this is actually why I live my life the way I do. Basically, we go camping, good times. The next day, we're like bouldering around and my homies, they they know, jo- or at least one of them knows Joshua Tree like the back of his hand. He's been there so many times that we go off trail. He knows the rock formations. He knows where we're at, whatever. It's getting closer to sundown and there's this big rock. It was probably like six, seven feet. And I, because I skated my whole life, I was like, I could, I could do this. I, I've never done anything like, like I've never hurt myself. So I jumped from this big rock onto like the smaller rock. The problem was the gravel that was on it is like loose gravel that you can't really tell. I land my, like, it was close to the floor, so my foot, I'm pretty sure, anchored into the floor, slid anchored, and all my weight just crunched up and, like, snapped it out right here. And so, like, I just hit the floor and just came up. I was like, whoa. And just from the sheer reaction of my friends, they were like, <gasps> or one of them specifically, his name's Andrew, runs up. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, shit. And looking and bone is sticking out. That's fucking disgusting. Yo. <laughs> it was I would have bad. screamed yeah. my head off. <laughs> it was honestly, it was honestly so crazy. So pretty much bone sticking out, right? Did you feel it? Yeah. Did you feel it? Or was like the adrenaline was, more like No, uh, initially it's a shock. You know, it's like adrenaline, whatever. But I think everyone was in such a panic because we we're already trying to get out. We had to still hike a bunch. How far were you from camp? I We have no idea. I'm guessing it was like 30 minutes. 
Damn. Yeah. So it's 30 minutes. And so everyone's freaking out. There was like this situation that went down where I basically told everyone just like, go get help. Get the fuck out of here. Go get help. I'm good. I'm chilling, whatever. You're so good under high tense situations. Yeah. I would have been like, listen, all of you carry me because <laughs> there's enough people here that could carry me all the way yeah, back. So, if you leave me, you're dead to me. Yeah, no, so pretty much. <laughs> it, it was a specific situation that, that makes it, it's okay. Basically, everyone leaves. <laughs> you're bleeding out in the wild. What, what, what could possibly go wrong here? Fuck, I, have, man. I have a white claw. I have my AirPods. And I have a hoodie. It's so a white claw. <laughs> yeah, I had a singular white claw left. We, we finished our water deep like an hour before. So I'm like, damn, this is crazy. I'm really just chilling. And as the sun's going down. Oh, that's the worst. In the desert, it goes down quick. 30 minutes later, pitch black. Nothing. You can't see shit. Can't see shit. So I'm like, wow, this is really what it is. Just I was I was very calm still. I was like, this is really what it is. And I had to think like, we don't have reception um, on our phones until like deeper out. So they have to hike, then drive, call an ambulance, try to find me off trail. So I'm just like chilling there. Wow, this is crazy. It's October 29th or October 26th. Of um, so that, that means desert is what? Cold, Cold as, as shit. I had shorts on a t-shirt. Serge, this is the worst. <laughs> this is actually worse than what I remember. Dude, yeah, because I didn't get into full detail, so we yeah. can really go into depth here. Pretty much, shorts and a t-shirt drops to 40 degrees. I'm I'm just I actually had a very intense situation that I, I only have like spoke about a few times. One of my close friends that day exactly, a year before, got into a motorcycle accident. And he he had his right foot amputated from it. And sadly, like during a surgery, like leading up to it, he he actually passed. So it was like, yeah, it was a really intense situation. He had exactly. a back surgery or just it was just it was it was something with um trying to trying to drain some fluid and it oh, like, so he was just fucked up from the hole. Yeah, he was it's just such a tough thing. Like rest in peace, Callan. But um I kid you not. This is like some out of body shit. I was laying down and I remember I was in, in like in the sky. I'm talking to this guy and Get I'm the like, fuck out of yes. here. Yes. And it's like, what are the chances this happens exactly a year later? Like this guy was like my big brother. And I was just like my right foot, bro. Like what do you, what, what was he saying? He was just like, you're going to be fine. You got to make it. You're gonna be good. You're gonna you're gonna be good. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not I'm not dying out here. Fuck that. You know, like I was so adamant, like, oh, I got us. Like it felt, it felt it felt like I got us. And it's just like imagine pitch black and it's just beautiful like stars, and you could just feel his like energy, right? And I was just like, I from this day forward, I was so thankful to just be fine and like Still, like, I had such a positive attitude about it. I was like, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. So, so this is so like, okay, so your friend who, who died just visits you and you're just like, what's up, bro? <laughs> it literally <laughs> felt like that, bro. It literally felt like that. And it's so ridiculous. I, I don't know. It was just so compelling that I was like, I'm fine. I, I didn't care about anything besides the fact that I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And so... It really gets intense. I think 
like it was like about 30 or 40 minutes in, I hear noises around me. And it's known for like there's there's mountain lions out there, there's coyotes. And like everyone says, like, how many coyotes could you fight off? I'm like three. But with one leg, like you're fucked. You're pretty much fucked. Yeah, Yeah. I probably lose like one or two, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, oh shit, dude, this is intense. So I'm gonna get into detail. I'm like in a valley almost. I would scream like "Ah," whatever, and it would just not project. I know it's not projecting past these big ass rock formations. And I'm like, damn, dude, my only, my only chance is getting higher for like, for like safety from like animals. I I think so. Like, I don't know. I'm not like an expert, but I'm, I have to get higher and I have to get my voice to project so that someone could hear me just in case, you know? So I grab my ankle and I remember touching this part of my ankle and it would go like this. Oh God, fuck! It was God crazy. Damn it, dude! So God it, my damn foot, it. my foot was like this, bro, like completely to the side. And I was like, I, I remember what happened was I tried to get up, and so when I went on all threes, I like collapsed because my foot flopped. I was like, oh, and I'm sweating, just tripping out with that pain. It, it hurts so much when I would make movements. So I was like, it is what it is, and I freaking get my foot straight. I get the hoodie by the arms and I throw it over and I make my foot straight with it. And then I start getting the arms and wrapping the arms and I just tie it so tight, bro, to keep my arm or my leg like this. Yes. To make a splint. Bro, I'm about to fucking throw up. That shit. Okay, there's only a few times that I've ever seen somebody snap their legs, and it wasn't in real life. It was because of the UFC. Anderson Silva snapped his fucking leg. Chris Weidman slapped, snapped his fucking. That shit is so disgusting. Like, every time I see it, it makes me want to yak. Your bone bro, jetted the fuck out. I won't, and- I won't show you the bone. I'm going to show you the hoodie. I have a picture of the hoodie right now. Pretty much, bro. I got to see this shit. Yes. Dude. This is about to blow your mind. November. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. 
It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Dude, I've never showed you the hoodie picture, huh? No, you haven't. And you're going to send me that shit. I'm going to put that shit in the video. Jesus Christ. I'm going to put it in the video. That's fucking (laughs) crazy. I don't know if I, I legit, if they would have left me, I would have cried. I'm like, somebody somebody stay here with me, please. (laughs) It's so bad. It is so bad. Yep. Bro, that's so much blood. It looks like you got shot. It was so bad. I'm gonna send this to you right now. But what, yeah, no. What was your pain from a scale of one to ten? When so when I had wrapped it up, I tried to crawl on threes. So I had to figure out how to move. Right when I crawled on all threes, my toe, my right foot, trying to keep it backwards up, my toe tapped, and I heard like screeching, and I fell over to the side. I was like heavy breathing. That was like ten. Ah, oh, that was fuck. That, that was legit. Well, I'm gonna send this to you. It was legit a 10 because I tapped my toes and I tried it again because oh. I was like, and so you know what I had to do? Because I didn't, I, I truly didn't believe my friends were gonna come back because, or for a while, just because it was so ridiculous. Like, I didn't know how far realistically that hike try to find paramedics, whatever, whatever. And I wasn't hearing any helicopters or anything. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, I'm out here alone. They might be like trying to, f- I didn't know if it was like so bad in deep into Josh Street that I wasn't gonna get found. So I was like, I need to just go, I need to go. And so I proceed to go like backwards like this with my foot in the air. And like, look, I have like scars from crawling. Oh shit. And because there's like, it's, it's like cactuses, all these things, right? I'm crawling backwards. Guess how long? How like 10 minutes? (laughs) I crawled for like probably two hours, (gasps) two or three hours, bro. I crawled uphill because you know, I I had to get my voice to project past the rock formations. So I'm crawling backwards up this hill and it felt eternal. 
I finally made it. I remember when I made it to the spot. And, and it also helps that I had just seen that movie, 138 hours or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to die. This guy, yeah. this guy was stuck. I'm not yeah. stuck. I'm like, I'm going to make it, you know? But I remember I got to the freaking spot. It was this big rock. And, um, and it had like a little divot of sand against it. It was flat rock, big rock, divot of sand. I was so, I was genuinely wholeheartedly prepared to bury myself in the sand and just to get warmer, right? And how I was just how like, cold was it, do you think? It was 40 degrees. Oh shit, that's it cold. It was man. 40 degrees. And I, I was just like, at this point, I was so used to like my leg. It was, it was comedic almost. I was like, I can't believe I'm living in this because a month before that, I saw that movie on a flight. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, this is crazy, man. Like, I'm glad I saw that movie. It gave me hope. And so right when I'm like, okay, settled in. Oh, and mind you, I already had Drake the White Claw before I started crawling. So I was just like chilling, listening to music. Like, I should have brought hard liquor. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't enough. Yo, I remember I was like listening to music. I was like, all right, I'm just going to scream a few more times. And then I'm going to try to sleep. And someone's going to find me in the morning. They have to. Yeah. So I was just like. Help a few more times with my flashlight, and then I hear it. Sergio. Yeah. Oh shit! And I'm like, no fucking way. They they they're gonna get me. And so it took forever because it was so far away. But I was flashing my lights, and I'm in good spirits. I see like a light flashing, and also I I wear glasses. Mm -hmm. I didn't have my glasses, so I'm like, what am I even looking at? I'll see like things from far away, lights, and slow, slow, slowly um, they came closer. And sure enough, it's my two homies, Brennan and Michael, and two firefighters hiking back. And I'm smiles, bro. Ear to ear smiles. My friends are crying. Yeah. They're like, I legit thought you died. Oh, so like, shit. I thought that you died. Something happened. Like, what? And they saw where I crawled to, and they're like, how the fuck did you do that? How'd you do that, you know? And I'm like, oh, it's good, guys. I had to take my AirPods. They're like, you're listening to music? I was like, how else am I going to crawl for two like, hours? <laughs> my dead homie was kicking it with me. Yeah, so, like, legit. It, oh, my God. I don't even think I told anyone that story until, like, years later because it was so intense, yeah. you know? But essentially, the, the firefighters come in, shoot me up with fentanyl. Instantly, like, a, a body of, like, war or, like, a, like a little, like, blanket of warmth. Covered my body. I was like, oh, shit. I had uh, not fentanyl, but what's the other one? Morphine. morphine. And I remember I just felt nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, it mm -hmm. just feels like the moment they it goes into your bloodstream, it just feels like a warm blanket just went yes. over me. And I'm just, I, I felt chill. Yeah, that face right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, the morphine yeah. face. <laughs> I don't feel anything. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. I was just like very much so posted whatever. And I thought I was great. Then they hit me with a... Uh, we forgot the splint stuff. So they had to like use my shoes to make a splint. It was like all janky. At least jackasses. Dude, the yeah, the firefighter, whatever. And then they hit me with the, the biggest shock. Oh, yeah, we're going to call an airlift. Oh, shit. I was like, no, you're not. You think I have money for that? I was like, I was like, there's four of you. I have four limbs. We're hiking out of here. I've been here three hours. Yeah. I don't care. I'll be here another three hours yeah. before I pay $30,000. Yeah. Right. Thankfully, it's included in the national park budget. Oh, Emergency really? services. Oh, my God. That's so dope. I was so like, yo, dope. call the chopper right you're, now. You're so funny. Like, even you're about to die. You're like, nah, dude, my immigrant soul. Bro. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. Hell no. <laughs> I was like, Hell no. Yeah, One I was like, 
and carry me out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Literally, Two like, firemen, you're buff as fuck. It, Make dude, it happen. Yeah, and, and then it was crazy because I was excited. I was kind of hyped for the for the airlift, right? Pretty much. Uh, the, the the intensity of a helicopter floating above you in the desert. I was just like, what the fuck's happening? Whatever. And I'm like, okay. Um, they bring down. I thought it was going to be a, a bed to lay on. These motherfuckers threw. They, they, they brought down what looked like Borat's swimsuit. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's a harness. One one piece in between your crotch and then a two piece above your, your shoulders. Dude, I'm so scared of heights. Yeah. yeah I am too. I would have passed the fuck out. No. You know what was worse? The fr- getting lifted by your gooch, bro. <laughs> we're, we're big boys, yeah. bro. That was, I was like chilling, chilling. And as it goes, I'm like, and you see my face change when I finally lift off. I'm like, <gasps> bro, I put it down. It's more painful than the ankle break. Oh my getting God. Getting lifted by like It's like, nuts. just kill me. Never mind. Fuck it. Just kill me now. I, I actually include that clip in my video that my YouTube video I'm dropping. You just see me spinning. Slowly, like up. It was like from like the Twitter of the sheriff's department. They have a night vision mode, rescue shot, and you could see my hand trying to like go and just. I wanted to get Adjust, some fingers. Yeah, and I remember looking at the person holding the rope because they didn't bring me in. They just held me outside for five minutes. I'm like looking at the desert floor below me, and now I'm just like, please. <laughs> and then it's like this. I could see this girl through this like Call of Duty mask. She's just like. <laughs> she's like you're in so much pain you're right in now so much pain dude you just reminded me of this fucking funny story so my, my cousin told me the story once where so he has really weak shoulders okay uh he dislocates his shoulders pretty easy i remember we're playing basketball this fool did a layup and his shoulder popped out <laughs> it made fucking laugh. and it happened originally i think because uh, he was wrestling in high school and it mm-hmm. dislocated then and ever since then the ligaments have been super weak so he tore it uh, it popped out during basketball doing a layup. Damn. It popped out once when it was like cold during winter and he tried to pull his blanket off. <laughs> his arm dislocated. So, Bro. so he went snowboarding one time. And when he was snowboarding, he hadn't been before. And so I don't think he knew that people were being really sarcastic um, because he's just trusting everything that everybody says. So the person who's more experienced, I'm going to take their advice and do whatever they tell me. Yeah. So as they're snowboarding, um, I think it was, it wasn't the bunny slopes. It was one above it. Okay. Right. And he was asking them, okay, so how do I stop? He goes, oh, you just crouch down and then you fuck it. And so you'll, and they they were joking, but he didn't know that they were being sarcastic. So as he's on these slopes, he's never really snowboarded before. He crouches and he starts to get speed up speed. That's how you get speed. So he's getting hell going hella fast. He's freaking out. So the only thing that he could think about is I have to touch as much surface as I can to make sure that I stop. So he goes down belly first, but he's going so fast that when he touched his arms, boom, his shoulders popped out. It dislocated his shoulders. And so he's dislocated his shoulders. Flipping, flipping, tumbling down, fucked up, right? So one of his friends, (laughs) you know, goes down to see him. And he's like, dude, are you okay? He's, he's, I dislocated my shoulder and I'm fucked up. So. I didn't know that this is what happens, but a medical team came, but they're not going to get him out with the helicopter because he's not that far from where yeah. he has to be. So they put him in a harness and like a sled and they strapped him to it. And there was a ski person that took him down yeah. the slopes. But before that happened, there was one person that left ahead of him to, to go get help. Yeah. Well, this guy didn't come back with any help. And so they had to send somebody else out. So 
this fool said that when he, he was like in, it wasn't like a hospital bed, but it, he was like laying down. They have like a, an area for people who get fucked up. And he's, he's laying down and he looks over and it's his friend who went to go get help. So this fool, apparently on the way to get help, he fucking flew, went so fast. He flew off, off somewhere the, and he smashed his face face first into a tree. <laughs> What? He said that he's so he, he, like, he like lost his two front teeth. No! So he, I'm not helping anyone. <laughs> he looked like a particular, he said it looked like he got jumped. Bro. So this fool literally flew off somewhere and smashed into like a pine tree. Bro, imagine looking at your, you're the <laughs> homie that just dislocated his shoulder. I'm the homie that went to get help. Bro, that's. You look over and he goes, that's one of the most embarrassing <laughs> things. Like, so this fool went missing. They didn't know where the fuck he was. He got fucked up. So he, he had to get fucking oh sledded out God. too. Because he knocked his teeth out. Bro. Hilarious, That's bro. Fucked up. So you you lost basically all your mobility. So what was the what was the injury? So you broke so so basically both parts of the tib and fib that wrap around the ankle snapped. One of them flipped inside out, and that's what stuck out. And then on, on this side, I don't know if it's the tib or the fib. It's um there's like a piece that pulverized this much. So it was just it shattered. Was, it was so bad. Both sides and then up here. So now I have like a long plate, a short plate, and I think eleven screws. It's like bionic. It's That's crazy. Insane, yeah, dude. It, it's nuts, but I mean You could walk. I could walk. I've done like like some running. I could skate around. I can't flick my foot, so I can't do tricks. Because you need that mobility for it. Right? Yeah. But um it's crazy because skateboarding was really one of my passions and it forever will be. Like I still like know a lot about the community and like we'll watch whatever. But I think it opened the door for me to be excited about stuff again, you know? Like I didn't want to just be like average anymore. I didn't want to just I was very much so just working, cutting 60 appointments a week every week. Jesus Christ. That was it. I would do <laughs> 60 cuts a week. And that was like my life. I, I wasn't thinking of anything else. And I think with one hobby getting like taken out of my life, that's when art came in because I started doing art during the quarantine. And it was like, it filled that like that void in a way, you know, like, especially because I couldn't cut hair at the time. I just picked up the pencil and pen or whatever, pencil, paper. And I was hitting like these portraits from it that were just like spot on. I was like, what the fuck? And it just progressed one piece after another, after another. And it sprouted my new spot, which is Born From Rain Studios, because I was in a drought. The art was the rain and I call it Born From Rain. That's fucking so. nuts, man. I, I think the interesting thing is like, so I just had uh, somebody come on this podcast. His name is David Nguyen. And the podcast is already out by now. But if you guys haven't watched that podcast, go listen to it. It's, it's a really, really inspiring story. But it's crazy how... A lot of us need something terrible to happen for us to really kind of kick into gear. Yep. Some people are very self-motivated, which is a gift. You know, yep. uh, a lot of people that I personally know usually have this route to success where it takes us to get kicked so bad to go to the bottom to want us to reach the top. Reach yep. the top. So for in his case, his sister died Damn. Uh, in a car accident, you know, and he went through a lot of trials and tribulations where um, was homeless for a little bit. He was pursuing a life in culinary just a lot of bad shit happened. Holy he got shit. scammed. He was out in the streets, you know, going back home with his head down, you know, failing multiple times over and over and over again. And he was feeling down on himself, like feeling like shit, thinking that he can't do anything right. Um, the next thing you know, his, you know, his sister dies in a car accident. And after that point, he goes like, I don't, 
have time to waste. No, nope. like, I got to make shit happen. And it, it, it's it's sad, but it's also one of those sobering reminders of how short life is. And I don't think people really understand that shit. Uh, and I say it a lot on this podcast that, you know, you really only get one life. And there's one thing, there's a lot of like second chances that you get at things, right? But, you know, when people say you get a second chance in life, it's not really true. You literally have one you life. You literally have one life. It's you die, so you true. die. That's it. I mean, if you're religious, you know, you go to heaven, you have something that's um, that you're going to look forward to after, which is understandable. But your time on this earth is very fucking limited. And I'm not saying that you use this time to constantly grind 24-7. No, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that you use this life to kind of make your life worth it while you're still here. And I see that a lot nowadays because um, I think for us, I, I see my parents getting older. You know, my mom's uh, 70 now. And then my dad's in his 60s. And every time I get to go back home, I look at their face and I go, oh, they aged. That's the wildest feeling, man. I remember college. <clears throat> it was a that was the longest period that I really wasn't looking at seeing my parents, and it would be months, like months to who knows how long. That feeling is a yeah. super trippy feeling, and you're just like, I need to appreciate everything for what it is because you never know. And you I look really at know. my, you know, because when I forget too, when my grandparents passed, those were my parents' parents. Yeah. It was grandma, grandpa to me, but, but that was, was my mom dad's. And <laughs> exactly. Oh. And that's a, a feeling and an emotion that they had to go through. And they were at an age that was, you know, not my age now, but close to it, where they had to deal with their death. My mom, my mom's mom passed away when I was nine years old, I believe, nine or 10 years old. Yeah. So, you know, let's say I have a kid um, next year, right? That's only 10 years from then that maybe my mom will pass. Yeah. And these are like very sobering thoughts. People don't think about this stuff. Yeah. You know, because I think it's just easier because we can just ignore afraid, it. Yeah. Yeah. We ignore it, right? But time is very fleeting. It's it's crazy how in our age, so like from one all the way to like, I say till you're, I don't know, like 22, you'll see so much transformation, right? And then from like 22, 23, all the way till you're about like 35, everything is relatively the same. The way you look, um, your youth, everything stays the same. And then once you hit about 40, 50, 60, it's like it goes back to that moment when you were one all the way till oh. 23 where things start where changing things really start quick. changing rapidly. Super yeah. fast. I look at my mom's face, it's a little saggier. I see um, um, like the way she moves is a little, a little bit slower. slower. Uh, just look, it doesn't look like the the face that I remember. You know, and that's a sobering feeling for me where yep. I'm like, okay, I have to make this time count because there's going to be a time when she passes and I'm going to look back and say, oh, I want to call my mom. And there's nobody to talk to. That is so big. And I think about that often. And things that I recommend people to do is just take, take action, hit up their loved ones that are getting older and just like really appreciate it for the, what it is. Like I've, my relationship with my parents has improved in the last like few years hundredfold because of that feeling mm -hmm. just enjoying them for when they're here yeah and i was hello come <laughs> say hi come say hi hello joe go ahead go in the garage okay but <laughs> that's my wife everybody yeah she just got done with yoga Woo. Hi. go out the garage Stupid idiot. <laughs> no, oh the door wasn't closed. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yoga. My yeah. mom picked up yoga, hot yoga. She's doing Bikram yoga too. Yeah, Bikram yoga. I That changed my mom's life. She would do two classes back to back in her late like 50s, early 60s. 
My mom could hold a two two thirty plank. That's crazy. My man. mom is like getting younger as it's it's kind of <laughs> lit. I'm like, thank you. Good did you shit. did you see that documentary about the Bikram? Bikram yes, Dog. the guy's sus. Everyone why, needs to check that out. Why why the fuck is it that with anybody who who starts a cult, they somehow end up with, with the same conclusion? It's like, listen, I have to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, every goal, we literally every goal, every fucking cult. I forgot. I'm, I'm like Charles I went Manson. Through a, yeah, I went through every binge. I was ever since that one. I binged other cults. <laughs> And it's the same, it's the same ending. It's if you want enlightenment, I, I have to suck, suck my, my dick. dick. <laughs> Yo, why, why is it, why is that the case? I don't know. Except with Bikram, it's in a Speedo. <laughs> fucking A. You're worse. It was crazy because he was, li- I, I think he impregnated a few people too. It was, bro, it was gnarly. Yeah, that's why it's called hot yoga now. Oh, see, that's why the name changed. Yes. When you started seeing Edward, it was because that started coming to light. He's not, is he alive? I think he ran away. I don't know if he's died he's like yet. In hiding or something. He like ran away to wherever and he just has hella money. It, it, like watching what people, it, it's it's like kind of like how um, <laughs> I'm great. starting a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you want enlightenment? I need a nut in your mouth. That is, that is literally the key to life. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like it's like a guy comes in. Got it? No, no, not you. No, <laughs> not you. You can't. You're going to hell. You can't reach enlightenment. You can't. I saw what you did. Yeah, <laughs> something. I had like a thick Indian, like Punjabi accent Yo. or something. <laughs> you, you it's can't come crazy. here. <laughs> you don't come here. You don't. Bro, you t- how did he get away with it? I don't know because, and the, the craziest part, they always look like some fuckheads. Yeah, like they're not good looking motherfuckers. They're not some actor ass motherfuckers. Duh. They are like the freaking funniest looking motherfuckers out there. It's like if this guy came up to me, right? And he was like, listen, I want you to know I have the key to life. To life. I'm like, listen, get the fuck away from me, me, right? And you have to fuck me. <laughs> like, no, that's not going to happen, bro. Yeah, no. Damn, man. But it just goes to show what psychological abuse is. Can reach. I mean, when you when that you find people who are in very dark places, they will find and rationalize anything as like a sign from God, right? And I think that um, a lot of people, when they come towards religion, this is how they do it. Yeah, like they're at a really dark place, and they say, "Listen, if you give me the best head I've ever received in my <laughs> life, <laughs> you you will, will make it. You <laughs> will reach this other level of enlightenment, and you you've tried everything else. It hasn't worked. Why not make me come? And then Bro, we're good. Imagine, imagine, like, all right, I'm gonna just do it because I believe in this. You do it, and then you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Nothing's happening. I feel the same, and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It worked for the others. Yeah. Worked for the other fucking five, six girls, but it didn't work for you. Sorry Yo. about that. I actually just saw. Have you seen this? Uh, do you remember this guy? He was this dude that was recorded on the news because he stopped a robbery oh, from happening. Oh, he's like the axe. Yeah, so bang, bang. That guy. Yes, I I only saw the intro to it. Should so I watch it? You should watch the doc, right? So apparently this was news, and I didn't know about this, but he was he's actually in jail right now for murder. He fucking murdered somebody. Brutally murdered somebody. Ooh, like he wasn't stopping someone. He actually just he murdered the fuck out of someone. I'm talking about his ear was torn off. He no. Was, so the, so the guy 
I won't tell you who the guy is, but that's yeah. a huge part of it. But the, the guy that he murdered, he brutally destroyed him. And it was it was news. I didn't know about this. I, I just know. remember him from the meme. That meme was everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. People were making songs with his voice, everything, right? So the interesting part about this documentary, and you're going to find out, and this is my interpretation of it, was um, they basically go through this whole story about how he was – the dude that stopped this robbery from happening, right? So there was like a car accident. He comes in, he gets this ax and he starts beating the shit out of somebody with that ax. Yeah. And he's marked as a hero. Yeah. Well, this dude is like this weird hippie. He was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. He was on all this. He's a stuff. hitchhiker. That's hitchhiker. what he, he was the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker with the heart of gold. Yep. And um, people would come up to him, take pictures with him or whatever. Well, he got arrested for murder that he got charged for. And he's still in jail now. And he's still trying to make an appeal saying that that guy raped him. But there's clearly absolutely no evidence that he was raped. And there and the guy that he basically assaulted, he was like 70 or 80 years old. Oh fuck. So this he's saying claiming that that guy Was it Bikram? <laughs> it was Bikram. It was Bikram. Yeah. He beat the shit out of Bikram. Yeah. Bikram. Let's go. Yeah. Which is fine. Appeal works. Yeah. That's crazy, 70 year old? Yeah, that's, that's a really bro. old guy. And he was a lawyer too. And everybody knew him in this neighborhood. He was a really sweet guy. And there's like videos of him at like this train station before the murder with the with the axe guy, Kai, his name is Kai. And then he's like hugging him saying thank you or whatever because he gave him money or something else or like a train ticket. But basically he murders that guy in his house and he's putting an appeal saying that it wasn't murder. He was raped, so it was self-defense. But when you look at the evidence of what happened at the crime scene, there's usually when you have self-defense and you hear this a lot of times if you listen to a lot of uh, true crime stories there's that there's – Nail marks, there's scratches, some type of some anything, of but his body is unscathed whatsoever. And he said he got raped and then he tried to fight him off. But it's like, if you got raped and you try to fight him off, um, nothing happened to you. Literally. So it doesn't make any sense. But this kid, this guy's fucking weird, dude. I can't wait to watch this because my girl and I were like about to click on it. And then we- It's, it's interesting, right? And the reason why it's interesting for me is because- I'm not sure if a lot of people took away from this from what I read from the reviews, but maybe it's because it's what I do for a living. They're interviewing a bunch of people who are telling their stories about him. So once he became an internet sensation, there was a news reporter that wanted to make him famous and obviously for his own career too, because yeah. he goes, I am the only person that has ever interviewed him. I'm known as that guy. And you could tell as this guy is telling the story, he's he's like happy that he's the only person that got to interview him. He's like hyped and juiced oh, for it, yeah. right? And the thing that I took away from this is that Kai was already mentally unstable since the beginning. And all these people who wanted to put him on TV, put him on a reality TV show, you exploited him. You made him into a monster. They gave him this God feeling. Yeah. There was a moment in the doc that you're going to see. And like I said, people, I don't think anybody picked this up where he goes, um, I, I, I told Kai that you can either – Come with us and I'll make you into this reality TV star. Kai flips a coin. He goes, no. The coin says I should just go skateboard and surf. And that's all he cared about. But there was a moment where the reporter says, don't you know you can be famous? And then something turned in his something head. Something flipped. He goes, oh, I could take advantage of this stuff. Because he was just living life like a crazy person. He would have just been a crazy, like eccentric, weird hitchhiker just going around. And he wouldn't take money. He would give people things or whatever. What the moment the that he knew he had power as a famous person, he felt that a lot of things were owed to him. And after they kind of chewed him up and spit him out, like, oh, he's crazy, he's useless, they sent this maniac into, into the world. The world. Yep. And none of these people, that guy who was a reporter, looked 
Like he was talking about like the love of his life that he had before. It was like, I'm known as the guy who's a reporter that made him famous. And he's like literally living it. He's doing it. And I saw it. I'm like, every person in there, you guys should all go to jail with him. You made him into this fucking creature and you take no responsibility. And they're all talking like they're fucking victims. Like none of you are victims. You made him into this fucking creature and you take no responsibility for it. Every person who was on that documentary, you should all be ashamed of yourself. I can't, I literally need to see this. That's crazy. So all of them are featured in the documentary. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's crazy. And I was the person that was running the show. And I was telling like, yeah, like I thought he was a really sweet person and you know, he could have been the next biggest thing. And I'm like, so you're still talking about him as if he's a president. As an opportunity. Yeah, for your job, for your career. Those guys, that guy specifically is a sick fuck. And he's sitting there thinking, Oh, I still can't believe it. No, you played a huge part in this. And the way you talk about it is as if you missed the biggest opportunity in your life. You're not looking at it as, oh, this guy murdered somebody. And I basically essentially incentivize this person to do this stuff. Not that it's your actual fault, but you played a hand in this because you wanted to exploit a human being rather than looking at the danger and the possibility of this guy being an insane Because he knew he was insane. He knew he was nuts. He would walk out. It's like clear. He would just walk out and just start pissing on shit. Uh, and he was a raging alcoholic. So he was drunk all the time, pissing on pissing on people. He had an axe. Yeah, he had an axe. What he smashed somebody's head open with an axe. And I think people got <clears throat> caught up in his verbiage because he was saying things um, that made him famous. So for example, when he was recording, he goes, I just want to say that no matter who you are out there, you deserve to be loved and you're worthy. And so people took that small little bite and they summed up who his character was as a person. But he's actually nuts. mentally unstable. He's yeah. mentally fucking unstable, and so they, um, yeah, I, I won't ruin anything else. But you're gonna, you get, That's you get nuts. to see his mom. Yeah. You get to hear all these weird little his stories. Mom? So his mom. So basically, essentially, I mean, I guess I'm not gonna really ruin it that much because you're gonna watch and you'll still be shocked. Yeah. His mom has an interview, and she ba- and she goes on. Um, telling people what he was like when he was younger. But how he tells his story is very dark and it's a very different interpretation of what his mother says. And his mother looks pretty normal. Like a normal- Sweet white lady. And so he has an interview that the reporter didn't release. And he goes, I I couldn't put this out on the news, but I have this clip and they put it in the video. And basically he's regaling a story about about him when he was younger, how he used to get punished, punished and sexually assaulted and locked into a room. And a, they wouldn't like feed him. It was something very hyperbolic. He was exaggerating a Intense, lot of things. Yeah. And the only reason why we know because his mom was like, no, I didn't do that. He goes, he was a very eccentric kid. He was odd. So I would put him in timeouts in his room. So yeah, like he would hurt himself. So I would have to keep him in his room. It, was, it wasn't a basement or a dungeon or a closet. Oh, it was his bedroom. And he was saying completely the opposite. Like yeah. he was like some troubled... Yeah, so you know he lives in this very odd world, and so we, nobody knows whether he's telling the truth or not. But from what his mom says, and his mom's not acting out, being outlandish. She goes, "No, like yes, he was a very eccentric child, so he would hurt himself. So what I had to do as a parent, as any parent would do, was make sure that he was safe. So yeah, I would like ground him in his room, but that's not me locking him in a closet or anything." But so interesting, which goes towards the end where he talks about him being, you know, sexually assaulted by the seventy-year-old guy to the point where he has to murder him. Two times, it doesn't make sense. Dog, it's it's weird, man. uh, People, pathological liars are very real. Have you have you ever met somebody who was like a habitual pathological liar? Yes. Weird, huh? It's weird because I. Hey, you are here. Yeah. I cut everyone who knows you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) They tell me the truth. Yeah. About 
That's how I felt. And I, I just, I didn't want to like get into it with him or anything. Hey all, it's David So, and if you want to listen to Genius Brain without ads, now you can. Just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free. You'll get ad-free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show too. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. But hearing something, and just as a barber, you kind of know everyone. I know the truth. Yeah. And it's not like you versus one other person. It's like, everyone's like, no, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Crazy, bro. There's there's some people who lie so often and so much that they start to believe their own yeah, lies. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, and I, I, I told a story on a podcast recently, but, you know, there was somebody who was like that where there was two people. It was me and somebody else who knew the same story. And the way that he would describe his involvement in it was very odd because we were there. And then my other friend who's very, he's like, if you think I'm blunt and straightforward, this guy's 10 times worse than I am. He doesn't give a fuck he about your feelings. <laughs> Fool's like calling him a liar. like, you're full of shit. Like the fuck are you talking about? But as I watched him defend himself, it wasn't even, it didn't look like he got caught in his lie. He was it, so offended because he's like, he no, believes it. He goes no. like, what the, he's like arguing with it. What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, wait, I was there too. And he lies he does it so often and he's told that story to people so often that he almost forgets the truth. He forgets the truth. Or he made me feel like maybe I don't know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, you're like, am I crazy? Yeah, it's like, am I nuts? Maybe I didn't see it correctly, right? It's but, scary. And these like pathological liars are very interesting. I knew a, a guy in high school who was like that, who had lied so fucking often. And by the way, the person that called him out was also the same guy. He just, this guy, he's a really close friend of mine. He's He doesn't let any shit slide. So he would do things uh, along the lines. And <laughs> and by the way, when he went to college, the people that he knew in college that lived with him, I met them and they also cut him out because he was such a habitual liar. So it followed him constantly. It's tough, man. How do, you, how do you fix that? I don't know. He somehow got married to somebody. So I don't know how the fuck that happened. But um, what? High level narcissist, habitual liar. In high school, he would say shit like, um, so for example, uh, <laughs> he got this... Uh, He's at the time when the Xbox first dropped, he would be like, oh, I got an Xbox. And so my buddy who likes to call him out on his bullshit, he goes, cool. So I'm going to come over to, uh, to I'm going to come over after school and check it out. He goes, oh, no, 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 you can't come over. He goes, why? And he was like, oh, no, I can't come over. He's like, all right, I'm going to ask your sister if I can come. I'm, your, your parents are cool with me. I'm going to come over either way. He goes, no, nah, it, it didn't come in yet. That's so, so annoying. Like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And then on top of that, he would do some shit like... Um, Oh, so he had like this brand new car. It was a Scion TC. And at the time when the Scion TC dropped, it was amazing. And, you know, we were all, because of Fast and Furious, we're all the cars. Yeah. And so my buddy, he had this Honda Accord. And uh, when, a Scion, when he had a Scion TC, you know, we were a bunch of broke high school kids, grew up in a not so great area. All of us were poor. So when you have a brand new car that wasn't a used car, that's not a lease that your parents bought you, yeah. it's dope. It's a big deal. So he got this car and he goes, oh, I got a turbo for it, right? Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> my friend chimes in. Right, I'm like, let's hear it. <laughs> I want to see hear it. it. He goes, he goes. Well, oh, I haven't installed it yet. He goes, yeah, but I want to see it, so I'm gonna go to your house. And he goes, oh no, no, you can't. My sister just got a, this 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 new dog, so like it's kind of crazy at the house. She doesn't want anybody coming. So this whole another lie, a lie and after a lie, lie after a lie. lie. So literally, as we're at lunch, he gets his phone. He calls his sister in front of him. He goes, so in you front got of a, him. He goes, so you got a new dog? And she goes, no, I what the don't. fuck. <laughs> Bro, what is his face? He's just like, uh, uh, uh. He goes, oh, you know, I'm just fucking with you guys. Ah, oh, 
called the but cop out. This dude starts going in on him. He goes, dude, you fucking lie so much about your fucking bullshit. But he would just do that constantly. And use a homie? Uh, not my at the friend. Time. Oh, okay. Not my friend. Like, he wasn't my friend said, at I'm all. Not claiming. Like, I, I would like kind of fuck around with mutuals. Like, we're just like mutual friends or whatever, right? The only one time that I almost socked him was like, he knew that I wasn't trying to get in trouble at school. And I think like with people like that, they try to take advantage of you a lot. So if I ever got into a fight, it was after school. Cause yeah. in school, my parents would know and my parents would fuck, fuck me you up. So I was in high school and then one day he just came up and he socked me in my arm. He's got a small guy, he's like my size. And I just looked at him and I'm like, okay, stop. And he just socks me in the arm multiple times. And I'm like, bro, you know, after school, I'm gonna fuck, fuck you up. up. <laughs> right? He's like, whoa, I'm just joking around. I'm just playing around. I was like, no, after school, we're gonna fight. Cause you know, I'm not gonna fight you in school. That's why you're socking me right now. Like I'm not gonna swing back at yeah. you. Cause if I get in trouble here, my parents will literally, literally beat, beat me my from inch of my, of my life. <laughs> Whatever you do to me in here, my parents will literally, literally kill ruin me, it. Yeah. right? So he was just one of these dudes that would just couldn't stop lying. And it was so weird. That's why, and, and for me growing up, my dad used to beat my ass for lying. So being around that used to- It hurts you it because you're like, me. bro, why aren't you not getting these repercussions tied to it? Especially because the way he would lie, he would lie to make us feel bad about what we had. You know, Xbox. if I had something nice, you would, you would have to have something nicer. And it's not like we're poor. So, yeah, why do you have to compare? Yeah. It's like Borat and his um freaking neighbor. You got the iPod? <laughs> I, he got iPod mini. <laughs> that was for girls. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's for girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro. Jesus, man. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I mean, and it's fun. I, so I went back to Sacramento not that long ago. It was for a wedding and we met a mutual friend. And I was, and he mentioned to me, he was like, oh, do you remember this guy? I said, of course I fucking, who doesn't fucking remember him? Like everybody thought he was super annoying. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I mean, we still kick it. Like he's, he's, you know, he's a decent guy. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, I'm not going to be friends with him. Out of it. He goes, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be around him sometimes. Like why? He's like, cause he still lies about everything. And I'm like, then why are you friends Bro, with how him? How could you tolerate that as a grown ass person? I don't understand too. Once you. Like for anybody who's young out there, if you're listening to this and if you're in college or you're around a group of people, listen, once you leave high school and college, if there's bad people in your life, you don't have, you don't to, be have around to be them. around them. There's no obligation, right? These people will drag you and suck your energy out, especially somebody like that, who every step of the way, they have to make themselves look good and push you down. Those people are the, are the fucking worst, worst man. The worst. Every time you have something, this is a great sign. When you're successful at something and your friends throw like jabs at you for being successful that is already a a, a red flag huge red because they're trying to guise their hate with jokes right so i hate that shit if or you with like concern a hundred percent like if you're doing something like, i don't know if that's gonna work out man yeah are you for reals or are you just saying that because you're just uh, being a bitch yo <laughs> you know? i hate that bro i remember yeah no it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. It's so bad. I, I hate that. No. I really like you have to stray. Anyone watching this has to stray away from that because then you're just not going to go for things out of some fake fear, like from like someone who doesn't mean shit to you in 10 years. A hundred percent. Seriously. Uh, uh, that's the hard part where there's some people who are in your close circle who will, who have that right to come into your life and give you this and advice. Give advice yep. But there's some people who are on the periphery. We're not at that type of level for you to even step in and lay your opinion about anything that I do, especially when you're not talented at all. When the person who has zero talent, who has taken no risk, likes to comment about your risk, 
it pisses me it's off. It's so wild. They go, oh, that's not going to be worth it. Oh, for reals? You worked at the same shitty job for 10 years uh-huh. that you complain about every day. I don't think you could tell me about what it, what a good business move is or not. Yeah. So the moment you move out of your mom's basement, you stop jacking off the Japanese porn, <laughs> then come talk to me, all right, you little hentai fuck. Let's start with that, bitch. <laughs> and I've had to have these conversations where, you know, I, I think that if they remember who you were in high school, they don't, they, they always have the specific the image. Image. Mm-hmm. And they forget, look, we're adults now and I'm going to say shit Things that's on my change. mind because I don't have to fuck with you if I don't want to. Yeah. So we had, um, basically there was this uh, get together with a bunch of friends and I might've told the story in the podcast, but I, every year somebody gets cut out, right? Because their true colors will always show. And I still have my really core group of friends and I still fuck with them. This person is not one of those guys. Gotcha. Um, so we are, we're chilling, we're <laughs> drinking, having a good time. And then out of nowhere, he just goes, oh, you know, um, he goes, you know, you're successful because of like the shit that we taught you when we were younger. And I looked at him and I paused and I was already irritated because I don't like people taking away from my hard work. Right. And I stopped. I was like, what do you mean? And it's like, oh, I heard you use some of our jokes from back in the day. I was like, so what do you, are you asking for fucking royalties? Like, what the fuck are you asking for? Like, this is us fucking around and joking. So I'm telling stories about our past. He was like, yeah, but like you wouldn't be successful without all the shit that we did for you. And everybody else is quiet. It's like weird, right? And when people go weird, it's like, what the fuck? And I looked at him. I was like, I was like, don't you still sell women's makeup for a living? You little bitch. (laughs) Everybody like, oh Oh, shit. shit. Right. And the people are quiet. I was like, so I was like, I don't think you get to talk to me about anything. And then, you know, where he's like trying to roast back. And the last thing I told him, I was like, so how's it still like living with your mom? Do you, do you also fuck her too at this point? Cause you've lived with her for so fucking long. You might as well just date her dog. And he's just getting really quiet. I just going in. Cause I'm drunk too, by the way, at this yeah. point, right? I'm going in on this motherfucker, right? Yeah. And then this will had like these gloves with like the cutout and shit. No. I was like, you look like you warm your hands over a garbage can every night, bro. Get the fuck out of here. And then eventually he just leaves. And then everybody looked at me and they're like, you kind of went in hard on him. I was like, well, you saw how he came at me. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't deserving. <laughs> Dude, you fucked him up. And, and next, the next friend group? I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And I saw him uh, last year. And, no. And so I saw him last year. And let me tell you something, dude. His attitude was way different this time. A lot sweeter, <laughs> a lot kinder, and a lot more jokey, which is how he normally is. Yeah. And so I had to take him aside. And I was like, listen, man, um, you know, we're joking around. We're drinking. We're having fun right now. But what you did to me the year before was fucking disrespectful. And so why the fuck did you come at me like that, man? He was like, yeah, honestly, you kind of hurt my feelings too. Like, I thought you went a little too hard on me. I was like, you could say that all you want. You started that shit. We were having a good time. And I, I want to know why the fuck you decided to do that. Like, we're cool because I got to squash this face to face. I can't feel weird about you and not get this stuff over with. Yeah. And so, you know, we were talking. And once again, every time we meet, we're drinking. And then he kind of opened up. He was like, yeah, I was just like not happy with myself. Jell- so Yes. You know, and I, so I kind of like took it out on you. And I said, that's cool. I understand. It's still not fair to me. Like, I've been nothing but good to you. I've never said anything bad about you. We're supposed to be friends. And I know we're not that close, but the relationship that we had back in the day still remains now. How you feel about your personal life, you don't get to project Doesn't it on get me. get it projected. Exactly. Because when people talk to you about me and they go, yo, how, how is he? I say good, good things, things and yes. positive shit. The moment you saw me, you came at me trying to take away my hard work. You could say whatever the fuck you want. You could call me fat, weird, loud, obnoxious, all good. You never take away from my from fucking my hard, hard work. Because yep. that's mine. I, I fucking, when I was out here in LA, none of you were around, right? Broke as shit, fucking like $50 in my bank account. Dedicating your time. Eating top ramen every day. 
in my room, never fucking endless leaving. nights, endless fucking nights, right, hoping that I would me. pop off. And then you say one thing and you try to take, take it away me, or know? try to credit it to yourself. Exactly. Even worse. And that, I was like, I'll, I'll be real. You fucking hurt my feelings. This is why I went so hard on you, dude. And I was like, also, too, you know what I do for a living. You think that yo, was smart? Yo. I was like, you thought you were going to come up on this? You know what I mean? So, you know, we squashed it and yeah. we talked it man to man. And it was good. And after that, we, you know, we had a good time. And I could, I still consider him a friend. But, you know, just you going have, back to what we were talking about. You have about. to stand up for yourself and your work for sure, though. That is one thing that I've, I've really, like, learned is to... Believe in your, if you believe in yourself, you also have to fight for yourself too. Because there are people that are going to hate on your ideas that are going to think that it's not going to work for you, whatever. And shit, if it's true, you still have to like put that aside and go for it. Yeah. And you know, this is, it's not easy for me. I think sometimes I get comments, they go, I wish I could have said some stuff like you did, David. And I always tell them, it's not easy for me. It's super uncomfortable. Like when I have to, Take somebody aside, away from people. They it's know what we're talking about. It's uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable all the time. I deal with social anxiety 24-7, but I know that if I don't say my piece now, it's going to bother me. And I don't want to be bothered every time I see this person. So I'm going to say my shit. Um, and it's good to have that honest relationship. Because imagine if every time I said, what's up to this fool, it was just awkward as hell, Right. And sometimes and it's fake. And it's just fake. I can't live like that, man. I'm in my thirties you're, you're not someone that's fake. That's one thing I've learned from like our relationship. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> you don't give a fuck. Yeah. I really don't fucking care. Yeah. You know, like I care about the people that are kind to me. Yep. And I'm always great to the people that I have to be great to. Right. But if you're somebody, I'm not saying if you cross me, I'm just going to be disrespectful to you. But if you deserve it, you deserve it. Right. And I, I definitely want people to understand, like when they know me, it's like, listen, I'm always going to be honest with you, right? Um, I'm going to be careful with my words and I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be very uh, mindful with mm -hmm. my shit. But if you're asking for somebody to be dishonest with you and to lie to you all the time, it's just not going to happen with me. I'd rather just not be around you. And there's too many of that, what you just said, of that, those people who are just like fake or, or fake in the sense of like not being or being dishonest with their friends. It's important to have some like truth come in as well. And with there's tact, a balance. You know, yeah, with tact. I think that's what Mariel had to find out about me too, where, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of her friends, they, they dance around subjects. And she met my family and she goes, oh, no, nobody here dances that's around. Right? They're yeah. like, oh, shit. It's like, she goes, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's things like family politics. Yeah. I don't know about family politics because my mom doesn't deal with family politics. He's like, oh, you got a problem with me? Say your, say your shit. You know, she squares up on me like, I'll say dope. what you got to say. That's my mom too, honestly. <laughs> and then we hash it out because I don't want to deal with this shit while we're sharing a meal and you're here with a fucking attitude. It's awkward. And so with her, I saw her having to move around her family's emotions and stuff, which is smart to a certain extent because her family is so big. And then she saw how my family functions. She goes, oh, you guys just put it out there. Like, That's hey, true. I don't like the way that you did. So like my mom, for example, <laughs> I didn't eat her breakfast that she made for me, right? And I think for most people, they would be, I feel like most moms are kind of like passive aggressive, right? They're like, no, oh, I guess you're not gonna eat. My mom's like, so what do you hate me? <laughs> She's like, she goes, you stop loving me? Once you eat, I was like, you literally have called me fat for two days straight. Yeah. I'm not hungry. She goes, well, you don't come here often, so just eat my food. And I'm like, I'm not I'm hungry. Not hungry. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. I don't wanna eat this. I'll eat it later, right? Oh I'll eat it God. later when I'm hungry. She oh goes, so God. just say you hate me. I'm like, I'll eat it. She goes, good, just fucking eat it. <laughs> 
Surprise. That is so funny, actually. Yeah. But Damn. We hash it all out. And I, I personally love that, right? And by the way, like I said, it's always with a lot of tact first until it gets to a point where, there, where tact is just not possible. And I think sometimes people go, oh, well, how come you argue with people a lot? It's not that I argue with people a lot. I think most people don't know how to speak to people and address when they're uncomfortable. That's why, because I don't want to get taken advantage of. So if I say, hey, so for example, um, let's say, I don't know, I'm hanging out with somebody I don't know. And he goes, um, fucking like, you know, he says something on a racially insensitive. He'll be like, oh, you know, these fucking black people, they steal all the time. I'll be like, hey bro, I ain't really cool with that. I mean, I know you're making a joke, but it's a little uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll say that. I'll joke. I, I, like Mario says, I'm really good at making uncomfortable situations comfortable, by, comfortable by adding humor to it. So I'll, when somebody annoys the fuck out of me, I'll make a joke about it where everybody can laugh, but they get the message that this is too much. Yeah, like you need to chill. Exactly. And I've, I've definitely had to do that a lot in my past. I met my friend's um, fiance. They're married now. And I first met her. I thought she was the most annoying fucking person on earth. And I just started going in on her, you know, and out of jokes and everybody's laughing. And then he looked at me afterward. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like she can get a little crazy sometimes. I was like, I know. That's why, you know. I, you told me that story too. Yeah. And then she mellowed so out after that. Yeah. She was now, chill. Now she knows like, oh, I don't have to act so crazy around him. I don't have to be funny around David because he's the funny guy. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. You don't have to do that. Just chill the fuck out. You know, yeah. dealing with interpersonal relationships is hard, but you have to do it, you know. And, and I'm pretty sure in your business too, people probably try to take advantage of you all the time. Oh man. But honestly, I think just being like very clear about things, like you said, if you if you aren't clear, if you don't make things like aware, like known, that awkwardness or that like feeling like of like there's something going on also holds you back from a lot of things. So but just clearing that air is so key. I literally just remember, we're not going to mention the name, right? But <laughs> I... Uh, so I hooked this one up with one of my homies that needed a haircut. Oh right? my God. Dude, this shit had me no. dying, <laughs> fucking laughing, oh right? My God. And I, I typically don't recommend a lot of people to search because he's a busy guy. And I think that, you know, you've gotten to the point where your skill set and your clientele, where you get to pick and choose who yeah, you want. And particular. when you do choose somebody, you give them the, the, the best service possible. Yes. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy that I know, he's you know somewhat well-known. I was like, it'll be a good look for Serge and he needs a cut. So I send him over and the next thing you know, I get a text from Serge. He goes, dude, I got to tell you the fucking <laughs> funniest story. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what, what the fuck happened, happened man? <laughs> yeah, no, actually that was a, that was a great um, example of just making things very clear. I made things, I make everything transparent in my business. And that's what ended up saving the situation because in that's, that's a situation where you get taken advantage of very quickly, you know? <laughs> you gotta tell the story, dude. This is so funny. We're not gonna drop names, but just tell the story. Essentially, I was cutting hair uh, and one, I didn't get a clear direction on the haircut. So I was like, yo, like, what do you want? Like this, that, I gave some, some like options. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want this, that on top? Yeah. And it was going well, chill, right? at Whatever. Then essentially I go and I'm very much so, you know how I am with my haircuts. I, I'm, I tailor them. It's important to like get opinion or whatever on top of my expertise. And there's one thing that I will not do. And I'll make this clear. I don't use enhancements just because 
I've never been that person because they wash off. They make a haircut look like crisp when it's not really crisp. And so mm-hmm. barbers will hide behind enhancements. Some barbers will hide behind enhancements to make a, cl- a cut pop. When I was like, yo, um, is this good for this? He's like, I need that, whatever. I was like, oh, I actually don't do that. And then after that, he's like, yo, after I made it clear, I texted you. I was like, this is what I charge. Make sure that is known. Because I'm never going to be a barber who puts a line around your head. Yo, bro, I'm going to charge you $80, $70, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to be that guy. If you're stepping into my studio, it's an agreement. Mm-hmm. If I mess up, I will always be fair. Yeah. I will give you a free haircut, even if it's not like a crazy mess up. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in years, but I know I didn't mess someone up. I know I didn't give them a bad haircut. And I gave an option of, yo, like, let like talk to me. I think they had this image and I really truly believe it's because of like how I look and how I carry myself. They think that I was like privileged or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know my story, obviously. And they're like, man, this is, this is OD, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, it would be if I didn't make things clear from the get-go. Which by the way, so he made it clear to me to let everything know. I copied and I pasted it over. I was like, this is what he charges and this is the service that you're gonna get. And he was like, cool, got it. And so- then I reiterate that with my appointment. I, I have no hate, none, nothing wrong. Besides the fact that I felt that it wasn't fair to me. Yeah. Because I was alone. Those two people that were in there. And I think they thought that because of who I was and like how I carried myself, it was going to be a situation because I've seen it before where, oh, nah, bro. Okay. Let me give you a free haircut when it's not a wrong. Like it was actually very crispy. Bro, I wish I took a picture of you yeah. so I could show you. But I stood my ground, even though it's like, you know, like it's different leagues in, in terms of like what it could happen. But I was just like, yeah, like this is what it is. And I think that for barbers hearing, just go with this approach. You don't have to pop off until it gets to like whatever moment, but just, just hold your ground. If you know, genuinely you didn't mess up, just like tell them how it is and, and just speak your truth, you know, like make it a like a cordial thing. Anyway, um, it led to, what was it? It was like, I asked like what, what their, what their people charge and they're like 50 bucks. And I think I was like charging 75, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I charged 75 at the time. And I was like, where does he cut in a barbershop? Like, yeah. I was like in a barbershop, that's actually pretty easy to upkeep. You know, you have your booth rent split the whole rent split between a bunch of barbers. I'm like in the studio solo and you're giving a private, private experience. haircut. <laughs> Legit, yeah. When people say private appointment, you walk in and still like hella people. It's like, no, I'm genuinely giving a private service. I don't take people any time. And that's another thing. When I was like, you can't find, I told them, I was like, you can't find me on Yelp. This is genuinely a, a vehicle for me to make art and like pursue that passion. And they didn't know that. And By the way, like, like when we say private haircut, I'm like, you're the only person in there. Yeah, it's and like, you could say what, you could tell me you murdered someone. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a different experience. It's like being in a barbershop with like six other people getting cut. Yeah, you get your chair turned, you're facing the other dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally, you're there by yourself with Sergio. It's a private haircut. Yep. Which is dope. It was, it was, and I'm the craziest part. Very is, hard to go back, by the way. <laughs> yeah, to go. The, yeah, yeah, literally. And you know this. And I 
and from my clients, bro, I know how to cut Asian homies. Yeah, yeah. I'm a beast at Asian hair. I understand it mm -hmm. because it's easy to mess up. It's very easy to mess up. So I know what I delivered. And I think that's why I was very much so I gave options like, oh, let me know what you want. I think the stubbornness aspect of it, like, no, like, because I didn't have this, like this enhancement spray that was going to wash off. I think that really turned it around, but just how it is. I, I don't have to take them ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the, cool the beauty of like what I do. I mean, and you, you stood your ground, which was very important and you didn't budge and you didn't get punked, which is an admirable thing. And I think a lot of people would have folded. And I'm not saying I'm too prideful either. If I mess them up, I'm giving, I'm not charging shit. Yeah. Shaking hands. Like, I'm sorry. I wasn't your guy. Yeah. Straight up. But yeah, I'm just, it's. The hard part too is when, I, I think for me, I always, I have a general idea of what I want, but I don't know terminology very well. And then I'll always look at the barber and say like, listen, what do you think is best for my style of hair? Because my hair, I don't have thick hair. You know what I mean? Like I'm not balding, but I don't, my, my hair's fine. Mm -hmm. So what is something that can work for me? And then Serge was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This will, this is, this is what it is. And after a few cuts, he goes, actually, this might be better than the last one. And it got better and better every cut. So now we know what is best. And it took a few cuts. Exactly. Your, your hair texture is the same mm -hmm. as like who I cut. Yeah. And it's not easy. And I remember making it so like blended so well. I, I don't want to take, just because I, this is the only situation in my entire three years. The only time since I've been, or two and a half years since I've been in that studio, that anything has gone like sideways. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, but I kind of wish I could like do it again just to be like, man, let's let's have other people chime in. I want to really hear you say that this is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know deep down like two and a half years, no problems. It says something, you yeah, know? Yeah, I think you take a lot of pride in your work, right? Yep. Which um, I like previous barbers that I went to before, it seemed like it was just a job for them. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, I mean, which is fine. You could use it as a vehicle to do other things, which is great. But, you know, when you have this one-on-one, -on -one, I mean, you're, you're with me for an hour. Yeah, you know? like, literally. You know, you got, you got to care about this somewhat. And my last barber fucked up my hair, right? He wasn't picking up calls or whatever. And then he literally, the fade was uneven from left and right. And I'm not very picky about my haircuts, by the way, right? I just know if I like it or if I don't. And he was okay. But the price was right. And, you know, in the meantime, in the beginning, when he didn't have much clients, he would respond back. And he just got comfortable with me. Fucks up my hair. And I'm like, hey, bro, like the hair is not like, you see this, right? Like it's yeah. here and here. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. So what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, oh my God. I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you want? What, what kind of questions is this so shit? That's so crazy. Right? And then, so I actually know this about him. He was a really cool guy, super kind. Uh, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, you know what? It's all good. <laughs> so- I hit him up for a haircut. He doesn't respond back. And I just text him, like, you know what, guy? Like, you don't respond back. Like, you're, you're professional. It's like, it's like, we're pretty much done here, right? And he texted me back. He goes, yo, I'm good for a cut. I was like, no, I don't think you understand. I'm not getting I'm not a haircut from back. you. I'm not recommending anybody to you. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, bro. So later, lo and behold, it turns out that he wants to be an actor, right? So his, he's focusing on acting and not haircuts, which is cool. But we, I already paid money. This is a transaction. I paid money. I don't give a fuck about your outside shit. Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm not your fucking mom. I'm not your dad. I don't, I'm not here to fucking be like, yo, go ahead, go for your dreams. Give me my haircut, <laughs> you know? 
So, you know, he's a yeah. failed actor now from I heard through the grapevine, right? Because I Damn. know a couple people know him. Like, he gave up on acting, too. He's not even doing barbershop stuff anymore. And the guy's, like, jobless right now. It's like, Fuck. and I just heard about this, like, a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, dude, you half-assed everything in your life. You, you can't let go of your vehicle to the next move. Like, yeah. people will, like, be like, oh, I'm going to go become this thing. Well, you have to get there still. And there's something that you're doing right now. That's one thing I'm very clear with my clients. Like I'm, I'm pursuing artwork and like becoming an artist, but you're still getting the same exact service. Oh, I hope you never stop cutting here. I'll be so sad, bro. <laughs> don't cut, don't stop cutting until I go bald. <laughs> when I'm bald, then you can Absolute, stop cutting. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm still going to get a lineup for no reason. Yo, like, hey, just cut my hair for old time's sake. There's not that's, much left. That's when I'll bring the powder out. Yeah. No, just, yeah. Bring the powder out, bro. I just cut something. I just do this for a fucking, yeah. just because of <laughs> catching up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, man, hey, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Serge, where can they find you? Um, so on Instagram, BFR Sergio. On YouTube, it's Born From Rain Studio. So do you have any more open clientele right now? Right now. So I'm actually moving spots to March 1st. It's about to be the craziest haircut. Oh, I'm in excited. LA. In LA. Craziest haircut in LA. I'm thinking about opening up my books to new clients for the time being, that way it's going to be like an interview. Like if the haircut goes well, let's go to the next spot type thing, you know? Okay. Okay. It's like the first time I'm really being so like clear about that, but I'm down to meet. I've actually had people come from the last podcast and I love them. So let's come through, try it out. Hit me up on Instagram, BFR Sergio or BFR studios. Um, and then we'll set you up and yeah. Yeah, I, I've yeah, I've definitely walked out, and people are like, "Oh shit, yeah, I saw from." I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, that was multiple times." Yeah, no, which is I, great. Don't fucking embarrass me. All right, <laughs> you're literally getting an invite through me. Yeah, don't fucking embarrass me. Let's don't make do that stupid bullshit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves your fucking cuts, man. Yeah, like, I any, anytime that, I get a cut, people are like, "Yo, the fade's fucking clean," which, by the way, didn't happen before. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard when you have like. Yeah, my hair's difficult, by the way. Like, because it's not thick, it's hard to get a really nice, a blend, clean fade. Yeah. A nice blend. So it's difficult. So people will kind of just, they'll butcher it. Yep. They'll, they'll do skin fade and no fade at all. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck just it's happened tough. here? No head shape, none of that. Exactly. So like, if you guys go to surgery, please just just come right, please. Come come, <laughs> come correct, because it's through Absolutely. me. Uh, Genius Brain every Sunday is at 12 p.m. We'll catch you all next time. Peace. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.